Has there ever been a time in your life that you really wanted to do something, but you really didn't have a clear concept of what that decision was going to entail? I mean, making an assumption and completely, undeniably having no supporting evidence to justify the reported scenario. That is, of course, until later when you realize, oh, that's not actually how that goes. Today is simple, and I hope to send a small reminder there's a clearer picture when our thoughts aren't fogging the window. I literally tried to think and think and rethink this episode, hence where I ended up. Conversations kept coming up. I'm reading the books and they're talking of all the things and it just made its way to the forefront. So let's talk. So I was a young aspiring radiological technician in 2004. It was graduation and I was excited to start this journey. Ready to take on the world and all of its x-rays. And you may be wondering, how did you end up in therapy? That doesn't really coincide. Well, there is a very technical detail-oriented answer. I wanted to make good money and the medical field was the place to be. So I thought. I wanted to make really good money, but I also knew there was absolutely no way I was going to be involved in giving shots, taking blood, dealing with bodily liquids that belong in the body, that was not going to happen for me. I mean, I did good to get myself together to take a shot. You have lost all kinds of sanity if you think I'm giving shots. And it's probably safer that way. So my young, well-thought-out plan was to go into radiology. Now, I do not suggest this method at all. I soon realized you don't exactly get to pick and choose when you venture into the world of medical field. Now, some of you already know where I'm going most likely. There are these things called clinicals. Thankfully, I discovered this before I got too deep into the world of radiology. So these clinicals come along with all the things that I just explained. Giving shots, taking blood. You have to be prepared in all facets when you want to go into the medical field. So basically, you don't get to choose. You don't get to pick and choose just because you see something and you assume that this is gonna work out, it's not 
always how it works out. So my idea of what a career would look like in terms of leaving out what would hurt is exactly what we prioritize oftentimes in our grand scheme of things in our daily lives. There are times we formulate ideas that have absolutely no grounding, no support. Now, I'm not saying this is always the case. I get that. But today, just for a short time, we're going to examine the majority of mental processes. So, according to the National Science Foundation, an average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And of those, 80% are negative. And 95% are repetitive thoughts. So I want you to just take a moment and think on that. If 80% are negative and 95% of your 12 to 60,000 thoughts a day are repetitive, that means there's really only about a 5% chance that positive thoughts are being repeated. And that's just being hopeful. Chances are probably closer that 80% of those negative thoughts are constantly repeating. We have a strong desire to do life well, to maximize our potential, and hopefully, most importantly, to reflect the image of our Creator. I'm not here today to offer magic formulas, but I do believe there's a particular path that ends in a life better lived and has a lasting legacy. And that path starts in our mind. The Bible often speaks about the power of the mind and our thoughts. And I think it's really easy to kind of just look right over this and and misunderstand the connection between thoughts and transformation. The unhealthy relationship between science and faith hasn't served Christians well either. Science connected the mind with transformation years ago. But the bitter and really unnecessary rivalry between faith and science wouldn't give credibility to its findings. More and more, science is actually confirming scripture, not contradicting it. Our minds are powerful, and our thoughts do shape who we are and will become. So I found these verses of scripture. This isn't King James Version, but I did that intentionally for emphasis. So in Deuteronomy 30, 19, 
Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And so for years, we hear and we know these scriptures. So more and more, we believe that life is your choice to love, to really choose joy and to really find peace. Dr. Caroline Leaf says in her book, Switch on Your Brain, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. So in essence, she says, science is proving free will and relationship between thoughts and reality. Romans 12, 2 do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Changing the way that we think changes our perspective, which ultimately changes how we act in the world. And in my world of therapy, we have this model called the cognitive model. It derives from cognitive behavioral therapy. And it is exactly this. What our thoughts become after a situation generally drives where our emotions go and based on our emotions so many times we respond and today I want us to just reflect what does that look like in our lives change your mind this is really the central theme of Jesus's first sermon in Matthew Jesus challenged people to change their thinking because regardless of how many times you read the Bible, and I love to read the Bible, if your mind doesn't change, you will really just impose your own biases and labels on the words that you read. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. So basic fear, a good amount, a good dose of fear is healthy. But fear and distrust of life and people is not from God. Yet it seems hardwired into our minds. We're afraid of being afraid. But the Spirit always breathes love. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. 
I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. That's Exodus 34, 7. So this is another verse that speaks directly to the power of our thoughts. Not only do your thoughts shape your life, they influence the lives of your children, your future children, and their children. Science also has confirmed this truth. The science of epigenetics has shown that our dispositions and our bad habits, our anxiety, even hatred of cats can impact our kids before they're even conceived. The Bible tells us to take every thought captive. Yeah, it sounds great, right? But how many times do we ask ourselves, is it really even possible? I couldn't help but think this morning as I was thinking on the, the thoughts in our thoughts. The Bible never says that we are going to have positive thoughts. It never promises us or discloses that you're going to have automatic freedom from negative thoughts. In fact, it's a general directive. It instructs us how to be free from these thoughts. If we trust God's word, we should know it is possible. The answer is to capture your thoughts. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. The powerful effects of prayer have been well documented in recent years. Capturing your thoughts requires stillness. Also, something most Americans and many Christians don't have time for. And as long as we have no time for prayer, our thoughts, emotions, and feelings will continue to call the shots. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is Philippians 4 and 8. Today, I really want to just end on a very simple note. What you choose to see determines your reality. And you, my friend, have the power to change your reality by shifting your focus. I'm going to ask you a few questions and I want you to just take a minute to think and answer, whether to yourself or out loud. What worries you most?
Why do you worry about this? When is the last time you just took a step away? Where do you see this same worry in six months, in a year, in five years? How can you find peace with knowing that your worry will not change the outcome? Every day for the next five days, I challenge you to ask yourself these questions. Find a scripture to secure your responses and meditate, pray on these things. Today and every day, I encourage you to love without reason, laugh without regret, and pray without ceasing.